You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey, everybody, and welcome to A Step Further. This is Matt Nickerson. I'm the lead pastor at Kingsway Christian Church, and this podcast is put together to take what we talked about on Sunday a step further into your life. So we want to take something and highlight it and dig into it and chew on it just as some weekly encouragement for you and your faith. You may notice if you've been listening to this podcast that this one sounds a little different. That's because like much of America and many of the world right now, I am quarantined at home. So my good friend Derek is in his house recording this while I am talking into my phone. So the quality is a little different, but that's just where we are about spring break time in our part of the world. Now, I share all that with you because part of that leads to both the message from Sunday and where we are now. We originally were supposed to be talking about the Holy Spirit. But I decided to uh, change the play, and we're going to spend the next couple weeks leading up to Easter talking about having faith over fear. Faith over fear. And I talked about that through the lens of Mark 4 on Sunday. And we looked at the story where Jesus takes the disciples, and they get into the boat. And they go out on the lake, and this big squall, storm, comes up upon them. And see, you need to understand, some of the disciples are fishermen, and that's important to the story because uh, they are out of their league. And yet this is their expertise. As the storm starts to overwhelm them, they think they're going to die. They're all bailing water, trying to figure it out. And Jesus is simply asleep in the boat. I don't even know how it's possible, but he's tired. He's exhausted from ministry. So he gets up. He says to the storm, quiet, be still. The whole storm goes calm. And then Jesus looks at them and he says, why are you so afraid? And I told you, in the Greek, there's this hint in the question, why are you so afraid? It's a question that's actually asked and taught on throughout the New Testament, that word there, but it has a connotation to it. What is it that you are so afraid of that you're willing to give up your trust and your hope and your faith and me in order to have it? And that was a really powerful question for me last week. And it's a question I want to dig into right now. Is there anything in your heart, in your life, that you're like, man, I'm really afraid I'm going to lose this. And if I lose that, I might lose Jesus with it. That's a, that's a really hard and important question. There's this uh, word throughout the New Testament, but especially the Apostle John uses it. It's the word victory, sometimes translated overcomer. We see it throughout John, 1 John, and the book of Revelation. And the word comes specifically for those who have faith who overcome the trials, the temptations, the fears, and the anxieties of this world. And that word is used to describe those of us who, in the midst of hardship, do not lose our faith. In fact, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Did you catch that? This, where we are in Bible history at this point in time, John chapter 16, comes as a part of a section of scripture. Around John 14 to 16, Jesus is having his last words with the disciples. We get to John 17, Jesus prays a prayer, and he prays for those disciples. He prays for even all of us and those who are yet reached with the gospel, prays for all future churches, and he then gets arrested and then crucified and eventually raises from the dead. But where we are is this last conversation, and this verse is the very last thing that Jesus says to the disciples before he prays this prayer and then gets arrested. So it's kind of like if somebody's lying on their deathbed and you're like, the last thing they're going to direct to you is that you need to know this. I love you and your family and your mom or whatever so much. 
that last thing. This is so critical. And what is it he says to them? You're going to have hard times. I did too. And I overcame. I got victory. How did Jesus overcome? How did Jesus get victory? I mean, he's about to be arrested and crucified. Doesn't it look like he lost? Doesn't it look like the game is over? In fact, that's the whole reason he's having this conversation with the disciples. Because they are ultimately going to be terrified. They aren't right now. Because they're, they believe their hope, they believe that their uh, power is in the fact that Jesus is with them. And they've seen him do crazy, unbelievable miracles like calming storms and raising Lazarus from the dead and giving blind people sight and, and deaf people to hearing back and, and, and raise uh, uh, other dead people and lame people. And just like, just, we know he has power. So, man, we're with him. Who in the world could hurt us? or do anything to us, he's going to set up the kingdom. He's going to be this king. He's going to reign on the throne. God promised David around a thousand or so years ago that, that he was going to have one on who would sit on his throne forever. That's going to be this guy. And now they're all fighting. Ooh, can I be on your right? Ooh, can I be on your left? They do not understand who Jesus was or what Jesus is doing. And he's anchoring their faith in something bigger or greater than this world. Don't miss this. He's anchoring their faith in something that is bigger greater than this world. What could be bigger or greater than this world? Eternal life. Eternal life comes by a relationship with God's only son, Jesus. And that's what Jesus is saying. While in this world, bad stuff is going to happen. You aren't going to be able to control it. Stuff is going to come. The word there for tribulation has to do with this uh, anxiety, this thing you're going to feel on the inside like you're hemmed in you ever hear the phrase between a rock and a hard place that's the word that i have in my mind when i think about what this word implies when you're going to be stuck in a situation between a rock and a hard place this uh, no way of escape kind of situation there's a hard thing going on and it can refer to any number of things persecution hardship famine disease sickness war, uh, greed, um, people stealing from you or, or cheating you in some way. I mean, the list could be huge. You're going to face hard times and you're going to feel it in your gut. But when you do, don't quit. Jesus overcame and he faced all of that also. Now, if we go back uh, to the beginning of this conversation, John chapter 14, verse 27, I think it's powerful. Jesus says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Now let's just stop for a second. So Jesus is prepping them again for what's about to come. I'm about to be taken away from you temporarily, and you're going to be terrified, but the story isn't over. The story isn't over. The hardship is not the end of the story. There's more to come. The best is yet to be. But he says, listen, I'm going to leave you something. I'm going to leave you peace. Now, I don't give as the world gives. And I'm so glad. I don't know about you, but I'm not a great giver. I, I don't, I'm terrible at giving gifts and um, I, I don't always, I don't always know what people want or necessarily what people need, or I think I do, but then I'm wrong. And, uh, sometimes I'm, I'm lazy in or I get really excited and I buy it early and then I, I want to give it to them now and I want to wait. And like, I'm just not a great gift giver, but Jesus is perfect. God is perfect. He never gives a bad gift. He gives perfect gifts, especially to his children. He says, my peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. I'm going to give you what you need and when you need it. So trust me. Now, what that doesn't mean, I want to be really careful. What that doesn't mean is that everything is going to work out if you just trust. Nobody you know is going to get sick and nobody's going to get hurt and no financial collapse is going to come and 
Nothing bad is going to happen. No, in this world, you will have tribulation. In this world, you will have trouble. But if you hang on to Jesus, your eternity lasts longer than your lifetime. And it'll be okay. Then he says, John chapter 14, 27, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The word there for afraid is a variation of the same word out of Mark chapter 4. Do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let yourself be so overcome with worry and fear that you give up me and trusting me for I love you. At one point, I believe it's the Apostle Paul. He says, God will give us a peace that passes all understanding. Some translations say surpasses all understanding. And the idea is when the storm hits, when the tribulation is great, when you don't see what God is up to, that somehow God miraculously gives you this sense of tranquility or calmness, that though there is trouble, you just know God is with you. I don't know what your experience has been. Here's been my experience with God throughout my life. When those really, really, really hard moments have hit, God has been very special and unique to me. Oh man, some of those, I'm going to sit through some hard stuff at different points in my life. And if I were to list my hard stuff, you might hear it and go, really? That's not that hard compared to what I'm going through. So I don't want to list my hard stuff. And I don't doubt for one second that my hard stuff could get even harder. But that's the problem when it comes to grief sometimes. We look at our stuff, we look at somebody else's stuff, and if somebody has worse stuff than our stuff, we, we minimize the impact of our stuff on us. Every tribulation is an opportunity for faith. Every tribulation is an opportunity for growth. It's a chance to hang on to the one who's hanging on to you. And I've been through some hard stuff, and God has been unique and special to me, and he's come to me in different ways and in different seasons and said, I love you, you are my son, and I'm for you, and I'm with you. And some, like, for instance, one time I was going through a really hard season, and I was just wondering um, if God was ready to be done with me in ministry, and God was ready to be done with me as a pastor in his church. And as I went through that season, every time I would have a bad day, every time I would have a bad day, I would get a note, a card, an email. One time, actually two times, I actually went to Kroger's like, I just got to get out of the office and I just need a break. And I went to Kroger and somebody out of nowhere, I've never met before, came up to me and said, are you Pastor Matt? I just need to tell you, uh, God, God has really challenged me and encouraged me in my faith because of you. And I'm thinking, man, if I would have stayed in my office and wallowed in my sorrow, I would have never been encouraged by somebody that God sent to me. God encourages his children uniquely according to who they are. So listen, when God leaves you peace and he promises to give it, well, give it, look for it. But provide it. It'll be unique to you. And when he does, celebrate it. Tell others about it. Because when God saved the disciples in the boat, all the other boats on the water got saved. God bless you. Can't wait to see you next week.